if you are eating to gain pleasure, if you feel that every, and I'm not saying food, even chicken and broccoli can't taste good depending on how you cook it and spices that you use and that's a whole nother realm to talk about. But if you are eating for the sole purpose of thinking that everything that goes in your mouth has to be the most delicious thing in the world and you have an issue with like, if you're, if you've got weight to lose, you're gonna have a problem. I can tell you that right now. You have to come to it. You have to shift your mindset into thinking, this is, how is this going to fuel me? You know what I mean? It's food is, it, I hate to use that, you know, your body's like a car, you know, you put it, the gas in it and the gas in the food, but it's kind of true though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to stop thinking about food as this pleasurable thing all the time. I I am an everyday Good morning, everyone. This is Jarrett Baston with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day -day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And we got Mr. Andy here, yes, Andy Peskowitz. So Andy is back uh, for a short time, uh, and Andy's actually been on the podcast before, but not necessarily as a, kind of as a guest, kind of not. You were on with um, Steve Wilson, Steve Wilson yeah. correct? So... Um, this will be the first time that we're going to just barrage you with crazy amounts of questions. So Absolutely, man. Hopefully I'm you're ready. Um, and we'll try and – I know um, I love you, but you can be long-winded. So we'll oh, keep absolutely. it to a – Definitely. We'll keep it to a short three to four hours. Hour. I want three yeah, hours. Yeah, three yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah. Part one, two, one through six. Clear my schedule. Um, so a lot of you – a lot of the, the people here kind of know who, uh, who you are and maybe a little bit about – about your background, uh, maybe just go through just real quick, kind of where you came from, where where you're from, um, and maybe some embarrassing stories about Mark. Absolutely, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, uh, me and Mark met. I want to say it's been almost ten years ago now. Um, yeah. We uh, moved up to University of Cincinnati to start going to college up there. Um, did the typical, well, I guess not necessarily typical, but you know, didn't really uh, take anything seriously. Kind of uh, just. Started working at a restaurant, didn't really have a direction in life where I wanted to go, and that's how me and Mark met. It was actually Chicago Euros, and uh, Mark was amazing, actually, by the way, oh, yeah, so good, it is, it's delicious. Um, and Mark was actually, he was into fitness at the time, and I remember kind of how our just general friendship started was. He asked me one day after uh, we were getting off work, he's like, Hey man, you want to go to the gym with me? And I went to the gym with him, and I was pretty much, as far as fitness goes, hooked from there, but I didn't really have my diet in check at the point, and I wasn't. I had struggled with being overweight probably from the age of like 14 up until I was almost 21 or 22. And um, I remember after me and Mark started working out together, I actually saw an infomercial for P90X. And so I ordered the thing. I forgot yeah. about that. I know, seriously, man. Yeah, so I ordered it um, and I started doing it religiously. And I, I saw some great results, but the big thing was is that it came with that nutrition book. And I remember I did the program for three months, like it says, saw some decent results, and then I decided, I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm actually read the book. And I read the book, and I mean, it was like a night and day difference. I implemented everything it talked about, and three months later, I remember, you know, Mark even said, it's just kind of those things you notice when it's like, dude, you lost a crap ton of weight. I remember going over to my dad's house, I hadn't seen him for almost two months, and I walked in, and he literally, you know, he said, he was like, holy shit. And yeah. um, 
So what, what it was were you, super noticeable. What were you like, where were you at versus where did you end up? So right now, obviously everybody who knows me and sees me on a daily basis, can, I, I weigh about a, a buck 75, give or take. Um, and I was, imagine me where I'm at now with about another 45 to 50 pounds on my frame and we're not talking muscle. Um, so so, about, I, so we were about in the same spot then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I know your story is fairly similar to mine. So um, I lost all that weight, got in pretty much the best shape of my life. And then pretty soon after that, I think Mark got interested in CrossFit, um, and then of course the typical thing, you know, just kept, hey man, you got to come in and check it out one day. And I remember my very first workout was Grace. Uh, oh, did it with ninety five pounds. It totally <laughs> destroyed me, but I was hooked ever since then. And obviously, I I still personally experiment between a little bit of a bodybuilding style physique type training mixed in with the CrossFit type stuff, and that's just what I love doing. Um, but the big game changer for me, I think, was really dialing in my nutrition, and. Um, Ever since then, uh, I got my associate's degree at Cincinnati State. I wanted to do more with the nutrition side. That was where I actually learned about the process of becoming a registered dietitian. And uh, so then I applied to Miami University's undergrad program, got into that. Obviously, as you all know, just recently finished that last year. Got accepted to Louisiana Tech's program and then um, did my dietetic internship, got my graduate certificate, which is for people who don't know, it's essentially having half of your master's degree done and then as I just told everybody here, I just recently got accepted to Colorado State's PhD program in nutrition. Um, so gonna be heading out there pretty soon and pursuing that. It's gonna be about a four to five year program and that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. So, so because that's actually a question Mark brought up. He's like, somewhere along the way, he just got really interested in nutrition. And then he couldn't, yeah, he, can... couldn't, he couldn't really necessarily pinpoint it, but that's, it's funny. It's like you, you know, people take a, a shot almost at some of those programs. It's like, no, but that was the catalyst. Like that was, the, it really was like mine. I think mine was like a men's fitness book. Yeah. You know, and it was like, dude, I, I read that book and I know it's now you look at it. I, I probably still have it somewhere and it's just a very elementary. I mean, there is a portion in there where you calculate your daily caloric intake, you calculate a deficit. They even got some pretty extensive meal plans in there, which I remember I just followed it to a T. I mean, like mm -hmm. I looked at what it said to eat, how much, and I just did it. But, uh, that was that was the game changer for me was reading that book and then you see the results and you're like damn this mm -hmm. this is the real deal you know this is what it takes um yeah the no, old I, was, I was gonna say i knew it had really struck a chord with you the one day whenever i walked in i think you were like like literally weighing out like spinach yeah and weighing <laughs> out like strawberries it was like holy crap like the dude is literally weighing out like you know fruits and vegetables yeah, because it's one thing to like, obviously, all right, one cup of rice or, you know, one cup of, of, of some type of maybe a little more denser carbohydrate, but you were, you know, all in and it was absolutely showing. I mean, you're, I don't know if you were monitoring your body fat, but obviously if you, like you said, whenever you started, you were probably in the, I don't know, 30% range. Probably pretty damn close. Yeah. And then you were definitely in single digits by the time you were. You were done. Yeah, that was the leanest that I had ever gotten. And as, as I've grown older and uh, my training uh, goals and style has evolved and um, my knowledge about nutrition has evolved, personally, I think that I stay a little bit uh, more comfortable in between the 10 to 15% range. Um, and I think, that, to be honest with you, the majority of people do in general. Um, obviously, women, that's going to be more 15 to 20%. Sure. Um, but regardless, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, like you said, man, it was a drastic change. And, um, that, that book, I think, really was the catalyst for me, was just yeah. piquing my interest in that topic. And as you all know now, I mean, you can 
take one click through Instagram and it's bit, I mean it's amazing how much information there is out there it's unfortunate in certain aspects but it's it's pretty crazy so maybe go through some of that as far as just what your experience becoming an expert in the field of nutrition is like how does an average person discern like this like <clears throat> eggs are bad for you versus you know actually getting some good just maybe maybe start with just some principles of, yeah. of nutrition. Yeah, totally. So, and I'll, and I'll keep these very basic, as Jared, Jared said. I could spend hours on this topic, but well, it's just awesome because you're so passionate about it, and that's why I think you're such a going to be an integral part. And it's been great to watch you develop, kind of being in this passenger seat and watching you, honestly, as an innocent kind of bystander to maybe even um, maybe stoking the flames early on with just a simple invite to the gym or, or what have you, and um, you know lifting, um, you know doing some CrossFit together. But it's been awesome to see this passion ignited in you and to see this new kind of uh, uh, path kind of laid out in front of you. And I have no doubt that you're absolutely going to go out to Colorado State and focus and just learn so much and grow so much in those four or five years. And it's been great to hear you express, you know, a macro picture of you wanting to be with us. And, and as long as, you know, obviously a lot can happen in that time, which we, you know, spent a lot of time talking about over the last couple of days. Um, but for you, you know, cause it's a complimentary thing, right? We have this program here that is, you know, high intensity training and we know the, the scientific, you know, benefits of, of getting the heart rate up and using resistance training and, and this, having this well-rounded kind of approach to fitness and understanding that there could be shortcomings with that, but trying to, um, acknowledge, you know, the shortcomings, uh, and combat those with, you know, more strength and, and, and flexibility and mobility programs um, that, you know, where CrossFit gets a bad name around um, and just trying to have the best coaching around and so on and so forth. But we still, you can have all that. You still need to conquer nutrition. So whenever you look at nutrition, you know, some of your principles, like you said, are, are maybe um, the following. Yeah, definitely. So I think the big thing that everybody, no matter where you're at in your personal nutritional journey, your knowledge base, um, you really have to make sure that you are sifting through some of uh, you know the BS out there. Mm -hmm. And the the easiest way to start off um, from a base level for me and for everybody else, I think, is you know you do want to try and steer clear of people and websites and specific things that say you have to do this. Mm. Um, that's that's one area where I think you can run into a slippery slope because at the end of the day, nutrition is extremely individualized. There are base level recommendations that will work for the majority of people, as we talk about. You know, even something as simple as eating less. Right. That's if, if there's people out there who need to lose weight, saying that they need to eat less is going to work for them if they implement that mm -hmm. that strategy. Um, but everybody is going to want to have personal preferences. They're going to have different lifestyles. They're going to have different social structures. They're going to have different family structures. You know, certain cultures specifically eat a lot of you know starch heavy foods um, or some cultures kind of veer a little bit more towards higher fat foods so to tell either to yeah you got to cut that out you can't eat that anymore mm -hmm. it just wouldn't make sense over the long term mm -hmm. and what I'm all about is long sustainable lasting results mm -hmm. I want to work with my clients and help them build a lifestyle where their nutrition is incorporated into that and it's something that they can not only see results with whatever that goal may be mm -hmm. and then be able to rather easily implement some simple behavioral strategies right. 
and take that for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not like a daunting like, oh, nutrition is my is this mountain I'm never gonna climb. I always yeah. tell everybody when I talk to them, I was like, you know what? Give me a year of your time, and you'll never have to talk to me again. Wow. And it's yeah. just one of those things where, and, that, and that's my goal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want people to ever feel like they need me for the rest of their lives. And I, I you know, I think part of the reason why I want to pursue my PhD, uh, not necessarily to teach, I guess, in a in a way, you never know that can change. But I do love. Mm-hmm teaching people about nutrition sure. um but yeah just that base base thing you know like don't don't get caught up in the you have to do this you don't have to do that um, I, I think you can almost correlate it to something like technology right like you can have a job where you're not really have to be a specialist in technology but you're still going to engage with that um realm every day it's the same thing in nutrition right i mean you're going to ultimately eat food every day absolutely and it only it only benefits you to learn about this and use it to your advantage you know so yeah i i I think it's absolutely essential for just a you know know, label an average person to know like hey i I need to know what a carbohydrate is compared to protein compared to fat and then once you get through that initial baseline then we can dive you know obviously a little bit deeper and it's only going to benefit you even more yeah, because again, it's a simple cliche saying that knowledge is power in situations like nutrition. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, as we said too, building upon that that base level, that knowledge base that I think everybody should generally have. Um, as everyone knows, uh, I, I'm a very big advocate of eating the majority of our foods from a whole foods, unprocessed, um, you know, very natural diet. I think everybody in this country whether you've got nutrition dialed in or don't can benefit from that recommendation mm-hmm. obviously some people that might be all you need to say right i'm you know there are plenty of people out there where they make that simple change they they stop eating crap and mm-hmm. they start eating nutrient dense food whatever that means to you whatever the structure of that diet whether it's low carbohydrate or high carbohydrate or low fat or high fat um, or high protein, whatever that means to you, and they see amazing results. I think that was why you saw such an uptick in the, the quote paleo diet. Is you know you could eat whatever you wanted as long as it followed these very kind of broad guidelines. Definitely, you know, yeah. because all it really was all all you were really doing without telling them was eating less processed food and eating more and less calorie dense food. Right, your mm-hmm. your uh, you know. Half a cup of Cheez Its is the same thing as three cups of broccoli. You know, so it's, it's. And everyone, you see those comparisons, you know, people a lot, and I'm gonna start getting into these, they're very interesting on Instagram where people, they'll compare 100 calories worth of different foods. Mm-hmm. And you'll look at like 100 calories worth of jelly beans is maybe the size of my fist, but 100 calories worth of cucumbers, I mean, it's a plate of freaking mm-hmm. cucumbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I always tell any of my clients, when you're dieting, um, volume eating is an extremely, you know, that's basically what that is, is your swap. Look, can you lose weight? eating crap absolutely you can it's it's been proven there's been studies done on that is that the ideal situation not only for long-term health but for success of the diet absolutely not. you get you just get those catchy uh, nicole capruso had one when it was it was uh you know i got abs by eating donuts mm-hmm. yeah like and you can but is it you, ideal i'll tell you what you're also going to feel really hungry Definitely. You know, because, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. because that little donut is so calorie dense mm-hmm. that like if you have an allotment and, and the funny thing is, is it's a pretty simple math equation. Gain weight, was it 500 calories? Yeah, surplus. Eat, yeah. eat an extra 500 calories, surplus five. You want to lose weight? Deficit. Deficit, 500 what? calories. It's, it's a really simple math equation. When you break it down that simple, again, that works for some. You talk about, uh, this is funny, the correlation between like weightlifting and CrossFit and nutrition and mobility. 
ask anyone who's been in, in their game long enough. You ask a nutritionist who's been in the game long enough, a CrossFit coach, an Olympic weightlifting coach, ask them a specific question, and their answer is going to be, it depends. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, exactly. And, and, it, and that makes people mad, but it, it really is the truth. It's always about context. Mm-hmm. You can never, you know, you you have to. That's what, as you guys do with any client who walks in here, you have to analyze where they're at, mm-hmm. their typical behaviors on a day to day basis. I um, mean, that's part of again moving back to those things where you you ask me, you know, how can we give people some good recommendations to kind of sift through stuff. One way that you can find where people they really have a good knowledge base about nutrition is is understanding that that mm-hmm. you have to really do you know we have a process we go through with patients in the hospital setting it's it's called ADIME it stands for assessment diagnosis intervention monitoring and evaluation and that's the way we do our charting as dietitians and you have to do that with everybody you meet obviously it's going to be totally different in this type of setting you know mm-hmm. you're not walking in there with people with diabetes for ten years or someone who just had their foot amputated you know it's it's not like mm-hmm. that. With that said, you need to assess a client. You need to assess where they're at, what issues they do or don't have. Then you need to make a diagnosis. And that could be something as simple as like, hey, let's start eating 160 grams of protein a day. Let's just start there. Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out a way to make an intervention to where they're going to stick to that. And then a way that you can monitor and evaluate, this, evaluate the success of that intervention. And if there, it's not being successful, how you can make changes to that to move forward to make it successful. Mm-hmm. It's 100 percent just like a fitness program. Yeah, I was about. To I say, mean, it really like, is. The, the correlation is is almost identical. You know, it's it's if you've got someone, they come in. Uh, we just had a, a new uh, girl start barbell yesterday, and it's it's her assessment is that we're going to take a big step back and we're going to probably work with an empty barbell for minimally four weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, is that to, is that to say that she's not going to be a good weightlifter? Absolutely not. She's got she has the the foundations there that. They could be a very good weightlifter, but it's going to take her a little bit longer to get there. I, you know, I think it's one of those knocks on, on on CrossFit. Honestly, is is you know, like it's got to get you hurt or whatever, and you know, so on and so forth. the The fact of the matter is, a lot of people find this program and they're already broken. You know, so Absolutely. it's just, it's just like, hey, look, you've you know, you're I don't know, let's just say a 35 year old male, and you played sports your whole life, and and I look at myself like I was a baseball player. And a football player and a basketball player, and it's like all these shoulder oh, kind of dominant. Did you see um, any of this photos of like just got like pitchers like right before they're about, about to release? Yeah. And their arms, your like, body like, is not designed to throw a whatever six ounce ball, you know, ninety miles an hour or whatever. Right. And it's like you find this program, and it brings to light those issues. And again, a good coach will obviously tell you like, "Hey, look, you really need to stay light overhead." And you actually need to work, um, you know, with a crossover symmetry machine or just doing some banded pull-aparts, whatever the prescription may be, or actually, you know, have the humility to be like, look, actually, this program might not be for you at the moment. You need to go, you know, get some work done on yourself, whether it's a sports chiropractic guy or just refer them out. Um, but at the end of the day, especially maybe even see it more on the men's side, you have that ego. Um, and I think a lot of people, when it comes to health and fitness, until they get that, like you're going to die unless you unless you really do something about this, then they really um, start to have action around that, or they want to pass the buck on someone else, you know. Until that, so it's like, oh well, CrossFit got me hurt. Well, no, in reality, like you knew you've always had shoulder problems, and you we told you to stay light, or you know we warned you of, of like this scenario, but you just don't listen. So I think that's probably the root of the, the matter is I, I feel like, you know, more and more obviously with 
the information world that we live in, like so many people do get, you know, maybe even contrasting things with nutrition, but by and large, they know a donut's bad for them. By and large, they know pizza, you know, cake, all these pastries, all this dense carbohydrate foods are bad for them. They but don't just, they're, they're not, they're just not like willing to do it. Like, and they know that, look, hey man, if I just I don't got off like my, broccoli. I so don't what? care. Yeah. You know, one of, one I don't of the things love that, doing burpees. But, you know, it's like... When you look at the athletes in CrossFit, it's like there's a lot of, you know, you, 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 we all know these people that were maybe dynamite athletes. And, man, if they would have just cared or they would have just done a little bit more, they, they could have maybe made it to the next level or whatever it is. I think it's the thing with CrossFit. It's just like, yeah, you're seeing a lot of genetically gifted, talented people that make it to these high-level competitions like regionals and the games. But at the end of the day, they're just more disciplined. Yep. You know, they're the ones that are willing to go to sleep you know, put away the phone and to put in the hours of the gym on the non-sexy skills and just work on that fundamental type stuff and eat for performance, not for entertainment, you know? So it's just like, I don't, you know, we can talk at nauseum. We can take three hours, four hours, five days and talk about all this stuff, but it's, it just has to click, you know, with people and it finally has to settle in. And it's like, and we've had clients where we, we, we've, we've seen them like really, come in and hit the ground running with working out and so on and so forth and they're like those are massive you know, right you initially flags, by the way yeah. you initially lose that 15 20 pounds and then they're like well i reached the plateau and it's like well have you looked at your diet and it's like well you know I, how do you eat and i think ben bergeron says this whenever you ask people how they eat like how do you eat pretty good like that's everyone's answer like oh how do you eat pretty good no like do you track your food do you have any idea how much like calories you are taking or just the quality of food so um you know obviously andy we got you here as this vast um uh, resource of, of nutrition like are, are there some like have you found any breakthroughs with people like hey look if you don't change this thing around like xyz might happen and obviously the, the big one in our country is diabetes like if you don't stop eating fried food this is going to happen so I think the big thing that you, you, you briefly touched on this and you know, a couple of people since I've been back have asked me like, can you tell me like one interesting thing that you felt like you really learned or took away mm. from the internship and before be, beyond any of the career aspects that I'm gonna be able to take as I move forward, um, the majority of people in this country just simply don't know. Mm. It's, it's actually, it's, it's an actual diagnosis that we make on certain patients is called a nutrition related knowledge gap and mm. that is a gigantic issue in this country. And well, like you said, people just simply, I, I, I was telling the story the other day, I walked into a couple of patients' rooms, they've been diagnosed diabetics for over 10 years, and I would ask them had they ever been educated on a carb-controlled diet, and they would look at me and say, what is a carbohydrate? And obviously, as someone who, you know, you're so maybe a, even step back, sorry. Explain to us, whenever someone is diagnosed as a diabetic, what, what is that? So there's typical criteria. Um, that denote someone being uh, diagnosed as diabetic and usually that's gonna fall under a couple different categories, one of which would be like a fasting blood glucose test. Mm -hmm. um, I know A1C is another one and A1C is essentially where doctors, they look at how, um, it's, a, it's based on a percentage number and mm -hmm. it's if, if you're somebody who has blood sugar issues, it's mm -hmm. how well those are being controlled. Right. Usually that's something that's ma mainly tested in people who have already been diagnosed diabetics and then the doctors look at that, how well they're controlling their blood sugar. But you might see a situation where you have a patient where they wouldn't necessarily have outrageous blood sugar numbers on a day-to-day -day basis, but you would look at their A1C and it's elevated. 
Mm. Um, and some of those things, you know, obviously it's not a diagnosis, but we are, we do have a lot of people in this country who are, they're considered pre-diabetics, mm-hmm. um, where they have elevated fasting blood glucose numbers on a daily basis. But the big thing there that you're going to get around is people where, um, obviously, you know, type one diabetics, that's a right. genetic disease. That's right. not a, that type two diabetes is, it's dubbed the lifestyle disease. Right. That's um, what I was kind of going with that yeah. is like, what is the leading contributor to So I think the... You know, and this, I'll, I'll keep it simple because we yeah. can get very controversial with this. Sure. A lot of people will tend to, to vilify. We can get controversial. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people tend to vilify sugar um, as the main contributor to diabetes. And in my professional opinion and a lot of other professional opinions, I don't think that that's painting an accurate picture of the whole story. Mm. The reason why is a couple of different things. First being, if you actually look at charts of sugar consumption in the United States and other countries, um, Around the 1970s is when we started to really see a large increase, not only in obesity, diabetes, but also sugar consumption, usually through the use, you know, sugar soda, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, It's actually almost gone down to the point where it's almost back at the rate that it was before the 1970s. So in my opinion, that's a clear indicator that if it was simply just sugar, Mm -hmm. you would see that rate continuing to rise with obesity and diabetes. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Sugar consumption has drastically decreased. However, I do think that things such as soda, uh, sugary foods, um, contain a lot of unnecessary calories. Uh And at the end of the day, um, one commonality that you see between all metabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, hypertension, um, renal disease, Uh is obesity. And obesity is caused by an overconsumption of calories, Uh not a specific nutrient. It just, it just, it's not one nutrient issue. And think about it too, when was the last time you saw someone running through the grocery store and they ran and grabbed a bag of Domino sugar and dumped it, you know what I mean? They don't, right. You're typically eating a lot of high sugar things minus soda um, with that are packaged with high fat foods, cookies, cakes, pastries, mm-hmm. things as I said that contribute a lot of calories to your diet but not a lot of nutrients. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, I think obesity is the biggest contributor with second in line and probably almost coupled right with that is a lack of activity. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this country nowadays, we don't move anymore. Mm. And that's a big problem. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think in those two, again, they kind of play off each other, right? Um, mm-hmm. oh, lack yeah. of activity leads to an increase in cat. Some people might not necessarily change their diet, but they totally stop their daily activity. So that in and of itself, in a weird way, changes their diet. Because now they might not have been over consuming calories, but now they are because they're not moving on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's a dangerous combination right and I, that's, that's what's one of those things where you're you're talking about some of these foods and it's like very rarely will you have a you know ice cream and cake and then you're like all right i'm ready to go to the gym now no you know so it's 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 you're just keep adding fuel to this fire and then all of a sudden you're dealt this diagnosis and that's going to bring in some probably depression for a Absolutely. lot of people and you know the the maybe a small percentage that actually get motivated to like oh okay you know i can beat this you know i can change Usually, again, like like you said, it, it's it's some sort of scary diagnosis that usually will give people the shot in the butt. You mm-hmm. know that usually is what it has to take. But you know, good or bad, you know, at least you do have some of those people that are making lifestyle changes. Um, I think another question for Andy, because again, we're seeing a lot of these correlations between whether it's uh, you know the mindset, for fitness, nutrition, whatever it is. Is there a tactic that you found that works to get people to make this mental switch? So I think, uh, I'll, I'll give you my take on it, what worked for me, and then I'll take, I'll give you a little bit of a take on what I've seen work for other people and what I've seen happen. 
Um, the first thing for me, obviously, I think with anybody is when you physically see the results. Because unfortunately, when you start any fitness or even really nutrition program coupled together, hopefully, but if you start those separately, you really start to see the physiological benefits before you see the physical changes. Yeah. You know, you, oh crap, I can I can row longer than I can today, or right. my squat just went up by 12 to 15 pounds. And or then, I can sleep better. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, um, I'm, I'm noticing that I'm, I have more energy throughout the day. Yeah. Before you're like, damn. I can start seeing, you know, my, my, the stomach on my, the fat on my stomach is starting to go away or I'm, I'm the scale dropped, you know, 15 pounds over the course of the last two months without me checking on it. Those things don't come right away. So when someone starts seeing those physical results, those physical changes in their appearance, because let's face it, while it's, you know, it's extremely important to exercise and eat right for the rest of your life for a variety of different reasons. One of the main commonalities between all of us doing this is motivation to look good. Uh-huh. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing vain or an issue with that in and of itself. But it's it's a motivating factor for I think a hundred percent of people who uh, take on this lifestyle that we okay. take on. So that's one big thing. Um, of course, you come along with that, getting people to stick to that for the long, the right. amount of time yep. that it takes to start seeing those changes. Um, another thing, unfortunately, is is as you briefly talked about, a lot of people. You know. Uh, this speaker, Tony Robbins, he says more people will do more to avoid pain than they will do to gain pleasure. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why I brought, bring that up is because even people in those situations where they have that diagnosis, sometimes that's not even enough to get wow. them to change. Um, so I, I guess along to, to answer your question, having a very serious health complication is sometimes a motivator for change for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I also think the reason why I've built kind of my philosophy and my the way that I structure working with clients over the course of the past years is that I think when you offer someone a way for them to make a change um, to where they can really stick to and you know I guess increase adherence to the diet through understanding the way that eating certain foods affects their daily, weekly, and for the lack of a matter uh, better term, monthly nutrition, such as you know, hey, I'm going to go to my daughter's birthday party. And I would really like to have a piece of cake. Uh-huh. Okay, that's totally fine. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's not an issue to have those things from time to time. Uh-huh. What's an issue is, is to make the majority of your diet centered around those foods. Or, you know, I always, it's not the one cookie that's making people fat, it's the entire sleeve, it's the right. entire box. You sure. know what I mean? Doing those things on a daily basis, is it good for someone? Again, you know, going back to what you said, it depends. Um, it's all about context. I know plenty of people who can literally have one cookie and that's that's it. I know plenty of people who can't do that and they have to have 12 or 14 of those and that is a serious problem. It's almost um, like how do you gamify nutrition to the point where like people are being disciplined, you know, maybe like a Monday through Friday, you know, typically is a little more structured for Americans and then, you know, cuz I know personally whenever I've actually adhered to discipline through the week and then if there is that birthday party on the weekend, like I don't feel as bad yeah. eating the cake, and I'm actually making a conscious decision to like, I'm you know I'm rewarding myself this piece of cake, you know, and I, I feel like there's just so many people that don't express the discipline, and then it just snowballs, and, and then so, all of a sudden it's yeah. yeah. So two things I'll touch on too to really kind of answer exactly what your question. So the first thing that I want to talk about is is, is tracking your food intake. Yeah, that's. Dietary tracking, whether it's through a food journal, My Fitness Pal, My Macros Plus, whatever program somebody wants to use, that is one of the main stays of a successful nutritional intervention. Period. Mm-hmm. You will very rarely will you see someone who's seen great success 
through whatever, whether they want to try a low carb diet or a high carb, whatever it is. One thing I guarantee you they will tell you is at some point I was tracking my food intake. I was writing down. I think again, that's a, that's, that's coupled with work, working out too. Like Absolutely. you get someone that's actually tracking their progress when they're working out, it adds so much more fuel to the fire. Definitely. And then the second thing is really putting an emphasis on those behavioral strategies. Mm -hmm. And I'll, the reason why I say this is that certain people just aren't ready to track macros or mm -hmm. some of them don't care. And that's totally fine. Because as you said, you know, that's another big thing. A lot of people just don't give a crap about nutrition. Mm -hmm. they, they, some people feel that, you know, I'm just gonna go to a gym and work out for an hour a day. Screw what I eat, you know, right. I don't care. Maybe it's, unfortunately you get a lot of this stuff too. Maybe they, they might have a spouse who doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And it really does kind of help them, um, or it kind of hinders them from making that progress. So really focusing on, is there a behavioral issue that's causing people, as you said, to not adhere to the diet? And how can we kind of attack that? Because believe me, you know, those problems, um, seeing, seeing, being at a party and seeing some cookies and eating seven as opposed to half of one or one, those never go away. Mm -hmm. Those are always gonna sneak up and bite you in the ass mm -hmm. in weird ways. And so that's why I always tell people, you gotta focus on those things. Mm -hmm. And to the same extent, if I have a client who they can't hit a daily protein intake, We've got no business telling them, all right, you need to eat 200 grams of carbs a day and 60 grams of fat. I mean, there's no reason for you. It's kind of like if you guys have people who can't do pull-ups, you're not going to be having them try muscle-ups. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's, oh, yeah. that's, it's that, that, um, that extension of those different exercises. It's the same thing. It's the extension of those behaviors. You have to work on that baseline stuff so that you can establish the correct behaviors, what it takes to be successful, and right. then build from there. There's a uh, really good quote from – thing from Greg Glassman the other day and it's again it's been said many 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 times in different ways but basically it's it's known that everyone wants to skip all the fundamental things as adults you know we force kids to go through fundamentals with sports and things like that and we can go down that topic of that road of why is no one teaching kids about nutrition when we teach them about sports and Definitely. fitness right. and how important it is to be active uh, but you know, everyone wants to skip the fundamentals and jump right to all the sexy things, you know, and the clear indicator is things like muscle ups. But, um, you know, everyone wants to have a six pack, but they don't, for whatever reason, want to have that mindset of, well, I need to probably eat plain chicken breast, you know, a, yep. a couple, at least a couple times a week. Yeah. You know, and, and even, even in when you got someone who is so gun ho about, I mean, they're, they're, they've got their MyFitnessPal every day. They're ready to track every single piece of food that they eat to where if they want to incorporate something that they enjoy that might, most might not deem as a quote unquote healthy food for whatever that means. Um, again, there are going to be meals that are going to be boring as hell. There's going to be meals that are going to be super bland. There's going to be meals that literally consist of lean protein and vegetables. Um, it's the way it is, you know, even those people you see on Instagram who are, you know, they're, they're the, if it fits your macros people and they, they only highlight the meals of crap that they yeah, eat just to is, make it. This is the, this is the ice cream sandwich I got to have at night. Yeah. Oh, you did not discuss. What, are, what the, were the other three meals you ate yeah, that day? Right. You did not discuss the plain chicken with some, uh, like you said, some broccoli that were, that were the other three meals. So, so that I could have this at the end of the day. And, and even if you have someone who wants to do that stuff on a daily basis, as opposed to one day a week or something like that, remember um, you know, it's, I, I keep harping back to that, that 80, 20 thing. The idea is, is that 80% of the time you want to be eating 100% whole unprocessed clean foods. And then 20% of the time you can be a little bit looser with things. Mm -hmm. Obviously, again, that's going to be, be based on what the context is of the individual, where they're at, whether they need to start. Obviously, if you have someone who is 
50 to 100 pounds overweight, um, the last thing that you wanna tell them is that, you know, hey, as you said, a, a good behavioral strategy, let's cut out the crap. Let's mm -hmm. stop eating these things um, and see what happens because they're gonna be starting with little to no nutritional knowledge and making a base level recommendation like that is gonna start to probably produce results. And again, you simply build off that. As you move forward, as they reach certain plateaus, you start, I, I always use the analogy, it's like a toolbox. So you start, you know, you, you just got that, you got a screwdriver, okay? And the mm -hmm. screwdriver says, hey, stop eating processed food, increase your protein intake, increase mm -hmm. your fruits and vegetables. And then as you move forward from there and you reach, uh, you know, you got something else that you need another tool is, you just keep bringing stuff out of the toolbox. You don't wanna bring everything, you know, you're not gonna bring the entire toolbox to nail a hammer into the wall, or mm -hmm. to nail a nail on the wall, you just need a hammer. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's kind of the same thing. You, you use these different tools, you implement them when you need them, mm -hmm. you build off of one another, and then eventually, before you know it, you got a freaking house. I, I think, you know, when I look at the wide variety of prescriptions, whether it's fitness or nutrition, like there's, you know, I look at someone, you know, like I have certain family members that I know um, don't exercise at all. Mm -hmm. So their prescription might literally just be like, hey, why don't you just go walk for Absolutely. 30 to 60 minutes? You know, just, just walk. Walk through your neighborhood, just go for a walk. But they don't need CrossFit. They don't need, you know, deadlifts and squats yet. Yep. Yet. So it's, 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 it's kind of like what you're saying there is it's really tough. Because like you said, it's progression. You know, as kids, we start at you know, first grade and you go, you know, you, you're learning all this stuff and you go all the way up to, to 12th grade. And within that, you know, some people are maybe a little more naturally gifted. So they go, there's different programs, you know. So it's finding where obviously your clients are in that moment and then being able to receive it like what do you mean i'm only in first grade like no i i'm in 12th like what do you what do you mean so it's it's really that becomes the challenge remember and that's another you just brought up a really interesting point i'll touch on jared i know it looked like you had something to say no you're fine you know um being coachable yeah that's, it's it's a you know you have to it it you have to participate in your own rescue mm -hmm. if you have an issue that you need to resolve whether it's through fitness or through mm -hmm. nutrition you know, and you, you've got, the, as you said, you know, that's the beauty of it. There's so many programs and methods and to the madness that you can do nowadays. If you're someone who loves eating higher fat foods and just doesn't have a personal mm -hmm. preference for, low, for high carb foods, you can absolutely be successful on a low carb diet. Mm -hmm. As you guys know, I, I don't advocate for one particular way of eating. I advocate for individualization. Mm -hmm. But with that said, you have to, if, if you're not an expert on the topic, you have to be willing to listen to someone who is. Because if you are not coachable, you will not learn. You will not learn what you need that's to do. That's a through point for everything. 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 Like that's, well, that that's, is. that's the same thing. Like if you go to a job and it's like you're probably not going to be a good employee if you can't like – if your boss tells you to do something and then you're like, ah, oh, well, I don't agree with that or whatever. I was going to say though, one through point that – or just commonality through all of this is uh, whether it's fitness, whether it's nutrition, whether it's – probably just daily life things notice we didn't talk about any micronutrients we didn't mm -hmm. you know it's we didn't talk yeah, about like you got you got to have no, no no but my point is is yeah. like that doesn't matter for the wild vast majority of people like we're not talking about you got it there's an anabolic window we you know it's kind of like yeah it's you know hearsay but but here's the thing is like we're not talking about any of that we're just talking about super basic things and i think people get so wrapped up in the the sexy things exactly like, like again attribute it to the muscle up or whatever and it's like can you get a bar here right 
<laughs> and it's hey, can you can you increase your daily protein intake? Can you start eating, you know, four ounces of protein at every meal that you eat? Can you do those simple things? And you know, Mark, as you, you asked me earlier, you're like, what's something you know where you see people being successful? And, you know, this again, this is going to be the the least sexy answer I can give you. People who just listen and do it. Con- you know what I mean? Consistency. Absolutely. Right. That was it. We talked to Stephen 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 the other day when we were on the podcast. It's like, who are the best athletes? The people who are consistently doing it. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones that are doing more per se. They're just the ones that are showing up every day and giving. And that was, you know, that's was the the point of the way we program things now. Again, we don't have this part A, part B, part C. It's we have this object, this task that we're going to take care of and you're going to do it to the absolute best and hardest degree of difficulty for your ability and that will make you better if you do it every single day and do what basically do what we say because we are the ones putting all of our time into it again it comes down to being coachable comes down to being consistent same thing with what you deal with it's we're not talking about you got to have a protein shake within 20 minutes of working out or you got to have your food at this exact time or else your whole day shot. Uh, and it really just comes down to, are you eating the correct things consistently? Absolutely. Consistency will always trump everything. It doesn't matter what dietary regimen you personally feel like is going to be the best thing for you to adhere to over the long term. If you are not consistent with it, mm-hmm. it will not work for you. And of course, yeah, there's intricacies of that consistency, such as, as you mentioned, daily calorie intake macronutrient composition, meal timing, supplements, hydration, um, micro and uh, micronutrients, vitamins, minerals. As we said, we could talk for hours about this stuff, but at the end of the day, if you are not being consistent with whatever goals that you need to reach, um, you know, or whatever aspects of that goal that you need to do to reach that goal, you're not going to be successful. Mm. And I, you, you can, you can tell somebody that you can spot that from the get go. You know what I mean? If, if you see, if I see a behavior pattern that isn't that's the first thing I work with someone on. It's funny, everybody who I've ever worked with in the gym, you tell me one of the first things we talk about when we first started working, I said, hey, I want you to start tracking your food for the next three days or next week, whatever it is, and I want you to hit this number every day. I wanna see where they're at with that consistency because mm. if that is not there, they will not be successful. Mm. And it's unfortunate because, yeah, I mean, it would, you would love to be able to um, find ways and find a program that helps kind of bypass that consistency or, you know, I always talk about, man, I, I, if, dude, if there was a dietary regimen that would totally take calories and throw it out the window where it didn't matter, I would be rich as hell, man, because I would be totally behind that because that, that's really that's be the holy grail of dieting. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You have to have something that's going to help people be consistent and help adhere to whatever goal they have. If it's losing weight, they need to be in a deficit. If they're trying to put on muscle, they need to be in a surplus, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then st- hitting that, getting it every single day, even when it's not easy. You know, I mean, it's never, life sucks sometimes. It's never gonna be easy, mm-hmm. you know, and believe me, there's day, there's nights where I'm getting home uh, after I've been here all day or even during my internship, I get out of facility. I've been there for 12, sometimes 13 hours. And the last thing I wanted to do was eat some chicken and vegetables. I would have loved to go, you know, get a box of cereal and went to town mm-hmm. and grab a pint of ice cream. But you know what I didn't do is I, I just, I didn't do it. I made the choice, and I'm not saying I never did. Mm-hmm. I'm by no means. I think a lot of people have this misconception that I'm totally perfect. Believe me, I love food. Just as, that's part of the reason why I got to be a dietitian. I love food. Yeah, people think we work out like a lot. I'm yeah, like, I mean, I don't no. work out. Yeah, but 
because we we have balance. You know what I mean? We, and that's, well, that's it's a big thing. That's absolutely that's the key word. You know, in a lot of regards in life, is is, is having that balance. Any any successful relationship, any successful endeavor. You know, and again, it's it's like one of those things with a, you know, if uh, you have a successful business and you're just there all the time and maybe that causes you to get a divorce. You know, so it's like how do you, if you had had more balance, maybe the business wouldn't have been as successful. Maybe the, the marriage would have been, you know, I feel like that's a classic example. I do. I totally um, agree with you. And, and, you know, you talk about um, priorities, you know, yeah. um, that's that's one big thing that uh, I think you have to talk about is it's a simple thing we always talk about. Mm -hmm. If it's a priority to you, you'll do it. Oh yeah, it's just that simple. Well, it's just you know, it's one of the, one of the extreme examples. It's like I don't know how I'm gonna pay rent this month. Somehow you magically like go out, like knock on some neighbors' doors, like I will cut your grass. I will, you know. The example uh, you uh, we talked about it was you get a speeding ticket. You know, it's like you get a speeding ticket. You're gonna find a way to find that money. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you could let it ruin your day, or mm -hmm. you figure it out and you move on. I think you mindset. It's, mindset. it's just for whatever reason, health and fitness isn't a priority to a lot of people, and they just put it off. Like, yeah, you know, I know it's a big deal, but like my job and my family come first, or whatever, whatever it is. It's just not a priority. We talk about um, you know that that problem solving aspect mm -hmm. of you know how CrossFit's allowed us to basically figure out other bigger issues in our life because you're faced with this daunting issue and um you know that's i don't know maybe that doesn't correlate as much with nutrition but i know it's for us it's one of those things where like if if something happens you get a flat tire uh used to be like oh you're gonna it's gonna ruin your day but now it's just another little thing that you just take care of and move on it's changed mindset you know absolutely and i'm sure that's a big part of that that is a big part of the nutrition part of it where it's like Having that birthday cake could ruin your day, or you just pick up and you move on and realize that it's probably not going to affect anything. You know, Mark, what you just said right there taught me back to one thing Mark was talking about about eating for entertainment. You know, you going back to when I read that P90X nutrition book, mm -hmm. and one thing that I think clicked for me and clicks for a lot of people. Um, if you are eating to gain pleasure, if you feel that every and I'm not saying food, even chicken and broccoli, can't taste good depending on how you cook it and spices that you use, and that's a whole other realm to talk about, but. If you are eating for the sole purpose of thinking that everything that goes in your mouth has to be the most delicious thing in the world, and you have an issue with like if you're if you got weight to lose, you're going to have a problem. I can tell you that right now. You have to come to it. You have to shift your mindset into thinking this is how is this going to fuel me? You know what I mean? It's food is. It, I hate to use that. You know, your body's like a car. You know, you put it the gas in it and the gas in the food. But it's kind of true though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to stop thinking about food as this pleasurable thing all the time. I have to eat it if it can only eat if it tastes good. Yeah. I mean like I'm not saying that we eat dirt. Yeah. But like it's if I have chicken it's gonna taste a lot better if it's covered in barbecue sauce and you Exactly, know, exactly. Yeah. You have to get out like you wanna be successful with dieting and you got weight to lose and you have that issue, you gotta get out of that mindset. Mm. You have to stop thinking about food as a pleasure thing. Change. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's just just change. Doing it. I, uh, I'm glad you said that because there was a, a, a bell curve I saw a long time ago that I, I thought it was just super interesting and it was uh, you know X and Y axis and the um, one across the bottom was the perceived um, perceived body composition and it's like basically obese sedentary to on the platform bodybuilder show yeah. 
and that's the bottom. So and then you have everywhere in between. And the top one going up was quality of life. And it was a bell curve. And it's like you have this bell curve and you get to your peak quality of life and a certain point on this body composition. And then now it actually goes back down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those guys you see on stage, the women you see on stage are not happy. That's, and they're not <laughs> like, And, they're, more and they're not healthy. They're not healthy. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Look, there are plenty of people out there who can walk around at an hour already. less than 10% body fat year round and not even think about it. More power to them. The majority mm-hmm. of the population can't do that in a healthy manner. And I think it's up to us moving forward as fitness and nutrition professionals to really preach realistic um, goals for clients to hit. And you know, you can't sustain that. No. Those guys aren't sustaining that. No. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the thing, there, there was a, they did, this is just years ago, again, we just talked about it, and it was like, you know, Rich Froning, he's like, probably walks around 10 to 12. Because guess what? And this is, I think it was the last year he won the games. And, because he has to. Yeah. Because you need fat stores to get you through a 30 minute workout. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's very, very important word is, is balance. And I think a lot of people that Jared mentioned it earlier, we call it the Yosemite Sam syndrome whenever they start us oh, start man. with us and they're just guns blazing, just pow pow pow. You know. Um, and for whatever reason like they will not be with us over a year. It's I it's mean, just red flag. To about a year, and it's like, ah, oh, you know what? This is old. We used to work and, at a camera store. I used mm-hmm. to work at a camera store. The same thing. They come in, they slap the checkbook down, say, "I need, I'm buying everything." Nine times out of ten, they walk out with nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with the come in, like, "I'm ready. I'm changing my life," and and you're just like, you're like, okay, but at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're like, you're not going to be around. I can, I, I, and don't get me wrong, we're going to sit here and try and talk to you and try and move you in the right direction. But they already have this this notion set in their head that it's just going to be this quick turnaround. I'll be here for three months and I'm going to be good. Like, mm-hmm. No, I'm going to learn everything. There are so yeah. many things that that you're you're already at point you know 15 when you are actually at point one. You right. know, like we'd actually take you back three months and mm-hmm. then build you up for the next year, year and a half, and. As humans, we're just not set, especially now, uh, in a very instant gratification society. It's we're not wired to do that, you know. And like, it's just one of those things. Like, personally, if I used to have a, a bad day of lifting, it's like, well, everything's ruined. Now you just realize that there's generally probably more bad days than good days, and the good days are the ones you appreciate. Absolutely. The other days are just training days where you're building up either, you know, mental fortitude, you know. Or, and same goes with nutrition. So if you have a bad day of eating, you don't just throw the book out. You get right back you on track. You hit the reset button. Right. I always tell people you are always one meal away from getting right back on track. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what just happened. I don't care how much you ate. I don't care how crappy you feel because of what you did. And that's a big thing why I talk about the things that I talk about is because I really want to push people away from this these negative connotations towards specific foods and these feelings of guilt because that psychological behavioral aspect, it's a... It's, it's a major part of this. As you guys said, yeah, you get some people, they walk up to me, they're ready to freaking go. They just, they, they, all you need to do, they're like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And you tell them what to do and they'll freaking do it. But all I'm eating is spinach for the next 12 months. Yeah. And they're like, no, yeah. don't do that. And that's the thing, is like, <laughs> if you were to say that, they would literally do it. And yeah. that's, in, in a way, those people are great because you know that's kind of like, all right, man, this, they're gonna listen to what I do. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna listen to what I say. They're gonna do what I want them to do. But you know, 
you got to have a little bit of you got to dial it back a little bit mm -hmm. and you know and one one big thing i think always jared as you were just talking about it never stops you will always be learning that's kind of my you know that's we all have that mindset you know yeah i might be going to a different state to pursue a higher degree but at the end of the day every single one of us in this room every coach at this at this uh, gym they have a desire to always learn more and be better and the moment that you feel like you know everything that's the moment when you don't mm. and you can't you can't that's when you stop progressing don't ever miss out on wisdom from someone else i mean just because someone has a different experience than i have around nutrition I love debating and talking about topics of nutrition with people who have different philosophies than I do or have different you know, um, mindsets about the way that they should work with people about nutrition or how someone should eat um, because you know, it's just like getting cultured, meeting new people from different walks of life. It's the same thing. You have to always learn from other people. And every relationship, business, personal, nutrition, fitness, it's an opportunity for growth. Oh God, the, the, especially you talk about the culinary side of things. Look at just most Asian cultures. Like, they they eat a lot of rice and noodles, mm -hmm. and they don't have a crazy amount of just obese people. Guess what? Out. They're skinny. Yeah, yeah you know. Well, like, and even moreover, the funny thing you just brought that up: metabolic disease is not a real bad issue. Yeah. And and when it is in those particular areas of those countries, it's because they're eating a very westernized diet. Yeah. Right. And it's not the, the a western diet isn't just high carb. That's not what a constitutes a western diet is very nutrient sparse, high calorie, high carbohydrate, and high fat foods coupled together dude if i go to a the wendy's down the street and i get a small and yeah. you and, and again you talk about like serving size and you get into that the, the numbers of it you're like you're four servings in on a small absolutely you know like yeah i mean you look at portions in this country compared to what they were 10 you know 15 even 20 years ago dude i mean i just i just got back from a year in the south and trust me I mean, I, there'd be times where I'd be at restaurants eating and you would hear people at other tables that, you know, they'd get their food come out and they'd look at it and they'd make comments like, is this all I'm getting? You know, stuff like that. And I, I would take a look at it and be like, that's a lot of food, right. you know? And it's just, that's the thing as, as Americans nowadays, our country is shifted into that. We expect really large portions. And while I understand the, the, the interplay between what you're paying for and what you're getting, believe me, I'm totally there. You know I mean? It's no one wants to waste money. Um, but again, it all comes back to that your health is always going to be an investment. It's not an expense. And the moment that you think otherwise it will be quickly become an expense. How do we get people to understand that? I think education. Yeah. I think really, really hammering it home almost to the point where it becomes annoying. Mm. And you know, and I know that's a little bit of a different, you know, like it's, you always have to just constantly be educating people on different ways that they can incorporate healthy eating into their, mm -hmm. into their daily lifestyle, different ways that they can, um, you know, if they have an issue being, mm -hmm. being open to, you know, I know a lot of people might think, oh, well, you know, I've got to pay this guy to come work with him. I, my, my phone number, my email, I'm, while I'm here, you know, please come up to me and ask me any question. I will never, ever not answer your questions. I don't care how detailed it is, mm -hmm. but you know, have that desire to, to understand if you, if you feel like you don't know everything about it, um, be interested. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a big thing. It's and I, I trust me, I can keep things simple. I can keep them really complicated. It just depends on what level you want. Right, right. and I think it's understanding that health is wealth. It is. You know, it is. It really, it really is. You know, and again, I know we 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 sometimes will judge ourselves based on the the numbers in our bank account, but it's hard to understand that trade off of like, hey, you know what? Um, a lot of people that get into this business take a sacrifice when it comes to finances, but we're building into our bodies, 
you know, in ways that hopefully will be repaying us for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. So where, you know, when we do this podcast and we ask people, what's your definition of fitness? It's never been like, so I can do my job behind the desk better. You know, no one on their deathbed is like, oh, I really wish that. I would have worked more. Instead of making. Yeah, exactly. $95,000 a year, I made 105. Yeah. No, I, I wish I could have played with my kids more. I wish I could have, you know, taken those hikes with, you know, all those. But it's, it's experience. It's just really understanding and it's doing that mind, mindset shift, that paradigm shift, that it's understanding that like nothing good comes from easy. Yeah. Like if it's easy, like like if I sign up for a race and just do it without training for it, like when I finish that race, it's like, oh, okay, I did that. But if I'm like pick a race that I know is going to challenge me beyond like my limits and I have to put hours and hours into training, whether that is running a race or a bike race or a climb. And why don't people want to do or, it? Because they're scared they may not do it well. Exactly. Well, <laughs> no, but if I had that humility and if I had that, that aptitude to like, hey, I'm going to try a new thing. I'm going to, you know, immerse myself in it. And then when I cross that finish line, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a whole different experience. And the thing is like, no one knows when the finish line is. Like, they really don't. Yeah. And they all think they do. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm America. I'll live to be 70, 80, 90. Da, 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 da. This is the way it is. And, you know, average weight now in America is 20 to 30 pounds overweight. And, you know, I'll have a couple kids, blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff. But, like, it can be different. It can. You know, and it, it's just, we're not saying, like, you know, for eight hours a day, you got to do all this stuff and engage in it. You know, our question of the day today is, what's your favorite day of the week? And I said Sunday, and it's mainly because that I get to calibrate my week. Okay. You know, I, I get to hopefully plan all my meals out and pack all my food and get ready. And again, I wouldn't say all my meals are like, Ugh, I don't really want to eat this. But there's definitely been some times where I'm like, man, I really don't want to eat this. Yeah. But guess what? It's good for me. It, it meets the protein or whatever I'm, you know, I'm going for that day, it, it meets that um, intake. And so I understand it. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, someone dropped the pie off and I'm just gonna eat that. Dude, it's being humility, like you said, being coachable, but having humility, understanding, you know, if you feel like you know everything about nutrition or for, even for yourself, let's say obviously, you know, you don't think, oh yeah, I, I could pass a, you know, the RD exam or anything like that, mm -hmm. even though you, when you never went through a program, um, the moment you think like that, that's when you know you need to learn more. Mm. That's when you know you need to talk to other people or read books or anything. Or, you know, the moment that, it's crazy, the majority of people who, in my opinion, need the most help are some people who've never even talked to me. Mm. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's just or like, talk to one of us. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you know like, I mean? it's like, those are the people, people are, who really, I get, people I get, are scared of what they don't know. I get a lot of mm -hmm. the, you can eat whatever you want. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not true. I got a picture that shows you what I, when I was eating whenever I wanted and oh, drinking yeah. whatever I wanted, it was way different. Absolutely. You know, and I, I follow a very basic guideline, you know, and I eat, I'm very set to, I'm cool with eating the same thing all the time. I switch it up from time to time. But then, you know, if like, I also am not going to restrict myself when we go out to eat, mm -hmm. you know, like if it's, if it's something that there's a, there's a, uh, a positive from not having to hold back because it's that 80, 20. Like if I'm doing good for the week, like if Saturday rolls around and we're going out to eat, like I'm not gonna make myself get the salad off the menu if I wanna have 
something else to eat. And remember those those behavioral strategies. No one ever says that you have to eat every single thing that's put in front right. of you. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. sometimes a lot. Again, a lot of people what they they don't necessarily struggle with. Um, eating more vegetables or eating higher protein, they struggle with eating too much food, no matter what mm-hmm. it is. And mm-hmm. trust me, if there's one thing you can tell me about Americans, is if you tell them to eat whatever they want of a particular food, they're going to eat too much of it. Mm-hmm. Believe me on that. Mm-hmm. That is one thing. Again, it's just a commonality you see. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things too. You try to draw as many analogies as we want to. Um, you know, when we're talking about food and 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 making a difference, it's almost like you know uh, if you get a promotion at work. Like it's, you're going to have different roles and responsibilities. So like, if you want to take your body composition to a a more positive state, guess what? It's probably going to have more roles and responsibilities. And within that, it's just a lot more discipline. So, you know, you can't just clock in every day at work and do the same job and clock out and then leave and expect at the end of the year, like, oh, I got a, you know, a $20,000 raise or whatever it is, you know, but if you're clocking in and you're, you know, looking for problems to solve. And, and look, this is simple, it's just a problem. It's a problem that everyone has to deal with and you have to come up with your own solution. Yeah. And you have to take ownership. Look, you know, I mean, unless you're an infant, no one's feeding you. Yeah. You know, like you're feeding yourself, you're, at the end of the day, you're in control, believe it or not, it is. of what's going into your body and you're in control of how much, how much physical output. It's always a choice, yeah. it is. That and is you a just have to take day. ownership of that. And as I always tell people, you know, whether they have this pre-composed notion about how they want to do nutrition or they feel that I'm, you know, the things that I talk about aren't necessarily the case or don't believe me, as I always tell people, it's funny, I say, even if you think I'm full of shit, just apply the things that I teach and you will see that they work for you. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up because we'll probably get another hour if we don't put a, <laughs> put yeah, a cap definitely. on things. So. As with usual. Yeah. No, it's good. it's good though. I mean, this is definitely, we can maybe do a second part to, to all this and maybe take some specific questions yeah I think, that, I think that'd be a lot I think of fun. moving forward me and Mark talked about I think we're going to start to do some regular Q&A's uh, as long you know we'll, we'll kind of get people to ask whatever questions they can we'll kind of we'll, we'll build out the structure of that but there's a lot of good things I think we want to do moving forward from yeah here. yeah one of the great things about uh, having our our network and social media and things like that is you can do these kind of you can be in Colorado and yeah. still be pre- very present. So, um, as always, our our final question is: uh, Andy, what is your definition of fitness? My definition of fitness? Um, you mean for myself? Fitness pizza in your mouth? Fitness. Yes. <laughs> no, you know my definition. Of fit, I'll tell you exactly what I want for myself and my definition definition of fitness. I want to be able to live to be you know eighty years old and be able to get up every day and do what I want. Whether that's go to the gym and lift weights, whether that's go on a hike, ride a bike take a walk. Um, I want to stay mobile into old age and I feel like having a solid nutritional foundation and having programs such as CrossFit, resistance training, cardiovascular training is going to be the key to that. As we start to get older, we're going to start to see people in our generation. I think the game is going to change for, you know, medical research and how, how long people are living and I'm, I'm excited for it, man. I'm not, mm. I'm excited for old age as crazy as that might sound, <laughs> but that's, that's my definite fit, definition of fitness, staying mobile into old age. Awesome. So, I love it. I love the, the definitive cap on that. We, uh, not that any answer is wrong by any means, but uh, very rarely do we get like a a number, you know, because I, that is true. Like that's, that's we, you can say you don't think about it, but we all think about it. Yeah. We're, we're staving off the inevitable. Absolutely. And we want to do it as long as possible. And you want to live the best quality of life for as long as possible. And that's what mm-hmm. it's about. That's another thing. You know, fitness to me is living the best possible life I can Risk live. and reward. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, risk that cake and pie right now so that I can 
enjoy myself later on. Definitely. Well, thank yeah. you, Andy. Yeah, thank thanks. you. We, we appreciate you coming on. And like I said, we'll continue on and have you uh, as much part of this as we possibly can as you go off and become a doctor and um, just live in scrubs. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for listening to, to Everyday Athlete. Join us next week as we dive deep in the lives of those who make us great.